0: From the Detroit Free Press in the heart of the Motor City, this is the We Lived It audio series. We Lived It is a special project in partnership with the Michigan History Center. The project aims to help future generations understand the novel coronavirus pandemic and bring us together while we live it. The Free Press will collect audio stories to aid the archiving of accounts from the pandemic. And from time to time, we'll be sharing those on your Alexa or Google devices by podcast and on free.com. Reporter-producer, Tad Davis, brings you this next story.
1: Hey, how's it going? Good, how are, how are you doing? Uh, all things considered, pretty
2: well. This is Luke.
1: Well, my name is Luke Rondo. Uh, I'm actually a resident out of uh, Romeo, Michigan.
2: Luke Rondo has lived in Michigan his entire life. He grew up in Dearborn Heights, moved to Ann Arbor for school, and then settled down in Romeo, where his three-year-old son Gavin was born. He works for General Motors as a business analyst. Before this pandemic began, Luke said his reaction was the same as many of us.
1: I'll admit I was like a lot of other people where I was of the mind frame, it'll never come here, we'll be fine, I'm not too worried.
2: But as the virus got closer and closer to their home in Romeo, things changed.
1: And my wife and I had candid discussions on what happens if this hits Michigan. So we, we talked about, you know, what the game plan was.
2: And as stay-at-home orders were put into place and most businesses across the world began to work from home, Luke began to pay closer attention.
1: As the numbers started to spike more and more, you know, I am i don't really watch the news. I'm more of a statistical and data kind of person. I'm watching the data and I'm watching these huge spikes and I'm starting to think, okay, this is a lot bigger than anyone had thought it would be. And it's hit us. It's hit our family. It's hit our friends.
2: Like many of us, Luke had no idea what the world would be in for. And his mindset began to shift.
1: I kind of started feeling a little blue, a little stressed, a little anxious. With the drastic increases of new cases and the the start of the deaths and everything, to me, That switches my mind into regular day-to-day Luke to emergency Luke. And in my head, instead of focusing on, you know, the happy moments, this, that, and the other thing, I am dead set on my objective and my mission is to... Make sure that I'm clean. Make sure everything around me is clean.
2: Make sure that he's providing food and supplies to his family. He goes into this ultra-focused mode.
1: People say stop and smell the roses. I don't see that. I'm not thinking about that. I could care less if the roses smell really nice.
2: He felt like this once colorful world that he lived in... The whole
1: thing is kind of very dark.
2: ...had gone gray.
1: Bleakness or numb are the two words that I would describe that kind of shut off a little part of my brain so that I wasn't overloaded and feeling depressed and sad and maybe a little angry. It was just, it's my self-defense mechanism to make sure that I can complete my objective.
2: A moment many of us have dealt with from being cooped up inside or seeing numbers rise. He felt like becoming less sensitive to everything was kind of his only choice. And this numb feeling, not only did it make him feel the bad stuff, but he stopped feeling the good stuff.
1: Yeah, you you miss a lot of things. I missed a lot of things come March because I was so focused on, you know, providing.
2: So for a few weeks, Luke gets into this rhythm work clean, look at the numbers, work clean, look at the numbers. Until this one day in April.
1: I still remember it. I was, I was going through my motions. I was getting on my computer at 8, attending all of my meetings, you know, doing my work. And,
2: and his wife and son decide,
1: Hey, honey, we're going out to go draw on the sidewalk.
2: They're going to spend some time outside. And he thought,
1: I've been stuck at my dining room table for weeks now. Not moving, not doing anything. It, this is my last meeting of the day. I'll take my headset out. I'll go outside. What the heck? You know, I'm, I'm watching as, you know, she's doing most of the drawing, mind you, because my son w- is three right now. But, you know, he's helping and he's drawing and he's having a good time and he's giggling. And I want to say that's the first time I heard him giggle. And I've heard him laugh and giggle for years now, but it's the first time like my brain actually registered a giggle, like a legitimate from-the-heart giggle. And so I happened to look up and I just see all of this color on our sidewalk. So we've got robots and rainbows and this, that, and the other thing. And my wife's sitting there doing a really nice drawing of a sailboat.
2: When they finished, Luke was surprised to see how much color their normally gray doll sidewalk now had and how it made things just feel a little bit brighter.
1: So my son comes up and he asks, uh, Daddy, I want to trace your feet. And I went, I mean, sure, why not? So he takes a piece of chalk and he traces both of my feet. And he asks for me to move my feet so he can see his work. So I kind of move my feet from side to side. And he he takes a couple steps back and he just has this satisfied, proud grin on his face. And you know, I start laughing.
2: Luke said it was the first time he had laughed like that in a while.
1: And it was uh it was a light bulb moment for me. This sucks. This whole thing is not fun. But you know, maybe this isn't so bad. From his perception, this is the best month to two months he's had. Because his mother is home constantly, but Daddy's home constantly and I get to play with him. I get to see him when I wake up.
2: Him and his son, Gavin, play video games, trains and all sorts of other stuff together more than ever before. He'll
1: play around me and, would you hold this train? Yeah, sure, buddy. What do you want me to do? Can you say hello? Hello. Hi. Giggles and he runs into his room. And I started thinking about that from my perspective as a full-grown adult. I know... The gravity of the situation i mean from my from my view of the world i understand the gravity of this situation it's global it's millions and millions of people but at the same time let's start looking for the silver lining
2: luke thought yes this whole pandemic is terrible but to the best of his ability He wants to look at all the good things coming out of this.
1: You know, and kind of going into the realization I had when my son and my wife were drawing with chalk, I would have missed that if I was working and I was still going into the office. I would have missed being there to help potty train my son. I know that sounds really weird, but, you know, it's a fundamental life skill that... I'm a part of and I'm helping him, you know, learn those kind of things.
2: And after that day with the chalk, he just stopped looking at the statistics.
1: I wouldn't look at the numbers, I would look at the graph because instead of focusing on the data point, I was focused on the big picture graph and are we on this downslope? I'd look at it for five minutes and then I'd go on my week. And I found that my mood got a lot better it kind of helped bring me back and realize that you know all of these phrases and inspirational quotes that we see online and i didn't realize how important some of those quotes really were and to think about them until this happened
2: luke says sometimes you have to stop and smell the flowers you have to see the silver lining because when there's all this gray around you sometimes it's still important to open your eyes and see all the color
1: because I'm home, and he's enjoying it, and he's taking advantage of that time. You have a great day, and stay safe. Thanks. Bye-bye.
0: We Lived It is reported and produced by Darcy Moran, Tad Davis, and me, Carrie Jr. II. Project materials are supplied by the Michigan History Center, with special thanks to Mark Harvey. Our executive producers are Marianne Struman and Anjanette Delgado, and our editor is Peter Batia. Everybody has their own story to share about the COVID-19 pandemic. Submit yours by leaving a three-minute telling at 313-288-0370. That's 313-288-0370. And check out free.com to learn more.